Ayo, message heavy, dope rhyme show, they not ready Race against the time like four wheels and hands ready Keep it steady, beat it hard and they barely give them ears And hear the truth when the life don't confetti Yeah, message heavy, dope rhyme show, they not ready Race against the time like four wheels and hands ready Keep it steady, beat it hard and they barely give them ears And hear the truth when the life don't confetti Just the flip of the watch, it's game time, game time, time All right, and what's up? Welcome to another episode of the 520 Collective Podcast. This is where music meets ministry and the indie artist takes center stage. This episode is being sponsored by 520 Radio, hosted by DJ Barcode. Make sure to check out 520 Radio on the His Hop Radio and the Radio King apps, as well as 24-7 on 520collective.com. 520 Radio is your home for indie Christian hip-hop. And we are in the field here on the Track Stars Podcast Network. This is Eric Boston, and I am joined by my guy, Nate Shelton. What's good, man? What's good? What's good? Good to be back for another episode. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we got a, a little bit of new stuff to throw into the podcast. We're trying out some things. So looking forward to, to rolling some of these things out, Nate, and, and seeing how they go. Man, I'm excited about uh, just some of the new formatting we've been playing with, dude, for sure, for sure. But, guys, if you want to hit me up, make sure you follow me on Twitter. It is at EricBoston3. That is at EricBoston3. And, Nate, where people hit you up at? Well, they can find me at Twitter as well at I am underscore NateDog. Keep up with all the indie CHH news and other musings that I have on social media. Try and keep it light and entertaining entertaining on there. So definitely give me a follow and keep up to date with what's going on. Definitely, definitely. And guys, you can also follow 520 Collective on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They are all at 520CHH. So make sure you hit us up uh, on whichever is your preference when it comes to social media. Of course, you can always check out 520collective.com. That is the hub. That is the place to be where you get indie christian hip-hop 24 7 um all the best news music posts interviews reviews lots of great content so check out 520collect.com and if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage, you'll see those social media uh links as well so make sure you're following us and getting up to date the latest that's happening here at 520 collective and nate man one thing that is definitely the latest to happen for 520 collective is our discord server and guys if you scroll to the bottom of that homepage, right there next to those social media links you'll see a link to join our discord and we really hope you do man because we are trying some new stuff out nate um actually as we speak we are live on our discord channel you guys join the discord server you get a chance to maybe check out the podcast as we record it each month so um, not only that, I mean, just lots of great conversation happening on there, Nate. Uh, we had, you know, album release party that we did with K drama. We've had artist interviews and then just lots of great, just discussion happening in relationship building, man. Uh, I love seeing what is happening on discord and seeing what's evolving and, and what we're able to do with it to interact more as a community, man. Um, how are you feeling about what's happening on discord? Why do people need to be in there, in there with us, man? Well, I, I've have enjoyed being on the discord server, getting that opened up. And like you said, we're trying a bunch of different things, but the biggest thing is you get to join a, Nice community of uh, artists, fans, whole uh, different, you know, combination of people. There's people that are behind the scenes in the Discord of CHH. Just, you know, kind of talking about whatever is on people's minds or hearts, whether it's, you know, newsworthy, music related, just whatever. Maybe the topic of the week or the day that's people are wanting to talk about. So go ahead, get on there and join the discord server and kind of look around and see what we got going there we got all kinds of uh, different uh channels and servers that you can uh, hop in on and get get acquainted with people 
Yeah, man, for sure. So make sure you guys check us out on Discord, join the server, and hit up 520collective.com where you can check out the latest and what's going on in indie Christian hip-hop. So, Nate, man, one new segment that we are rolling out here that I'm super excited about. Uh, for people who don't know, man, you are our playlist guru here at 520 Collective, and you have one of the best playlists around in the sauce right on Spotify, man. Um First of all, just just tell the people a little bit about the sauce, man. What do they need to know? Uh, it's, you know, a playlist specially uh, curated for independent Christian hip hop artists. Uh, the kind of the artists that don't get a lot of support out there from. You know, obviously, they're independent, so they don't have any label helping them getting their music out. Just trying to support. Those guys and uh, ladies out there that are they're grinding hard and putting out great quality music for the fans and uh, listeners out there. So I do my best to find uh, the, I, w- I guess you could say the cream of the crop in CHH and keep the uh, content as fresh and as current as possible. So it's been... Sometimes it, it, being that the artists are independent, it's hard to keep track of sometimes because, you know, they're not pushing it as hard as, like, they don't have a label pushing the music. and So it's a challenge but fun at the same time because we're able to support those those people out there that don't have as much support as some other artists. Yes, sir. And if you are an independent artist and you are wanting to make sure that you get your new music over to Nate so he can consider it for the playlist, 520collect.com again guys right at the top it says submit your music go to that playlist submission form and send it his way so he can consider it and maybe you'll find yourself on our newest segment right now that we're gonna roll out and that is nate's top five sauce new songs i guess of the month nate right (laughs) i don't know uh we're we're still playing with the time what what we're looking at calling it but it's it's nate's favorite five songs that he's added to the sauce over the past uh month so man nate i mean that's the thing you talked about how you are constantly you know every week new music's coming out and you're adding to the sauce so to make a top five list for the month as far as like the tracks that really stood out to you it's no small feat in my opinion and i'm definitely interested to hear what five songs were the ones that stood out to you over the past month well, I've got uh, some that you've probably heard of, uh, some that maybe some people aren't aware of. Uh, so, and these are in no particular order, so I, I don't want to make it sound like somebody's better than someone else, but these are the top five songs I've been enjoying this month. Uh, start out with one of my favorites is Chris Soul, uh, kind of a not as well-known uh, artist out there he had a new single come out called crash uh, it's a great song uh, very uh, soulful a lot of feeling in that um, so that's a song you need to check out of course these are all on the playlist so if you follow the playlist you're going to be able to find these easy uh, second song i had this month was bats uh, new a younger new artist that's kind of come onto the scene lately uh, he's been releasing a lot of music, but his newest single, Origin Story, uh, really a good, solid song. If you're a fan of, for a younger artist, he's got a kind of an older sound to him, boom bap type, really great flow. So be uh, be on the lookout for Bats and check out his new song, or Origin Story. Uh, third, we have New Tone featuring Scooty Wop, uh, Bandito. Uh, new Tone is a newer artist that I've been turned on to here in the last month, and he released an album, and one of the songs from a Bandito is real good. Great uh, collab between him and Scooty Wop, so be sure and check out New Tone and get acquainted with his music. And a friend of our uh, our platform we've been really uh, been happy to support lately is Godframe, and his newest song, Framer's Anthem, uh, it's a great, uh, got a great party vibe to it. Just a fun song to listen to, and I've been enjoying listening to that the last couple weeks. 
And we'll round out the list with uh, Trey Gad featuring Swayze and their Basement Bars. Just a fun kind of cypher type song. Uh, kind of just throwing out bars and rapping at each other. It's fun if you like that type of style. Trey Gad kind of, he's he's pretty well known, but um, it doesn't release a whole lot of music consists uh, at all at once but he's also a very talented artist that uh, you should be acquainted with as well so those are my initial top five uh, songs of the month on the sauce be sure like like uh, eric and i were saying follow that playlist and you'll find all that music there and there you have it guys that is nate's top five sauce new songs of the month for this past month man nate uh some definite good tracks on that top five dude um i'll say a lot of them are a little new for me you know like you said there's some new artists there um the one that i think i i really enjoyed was uh that framers anthem by godframe man that was a good track godframe's been putting out some good music here lately for sure yeah 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 he's uh really leveled up here recently yeah man so be looking out for him and we actually have um a little a little something special coming with with him uh so make sure you guys tune into the uh website keep your eyes peeled uh for something special in the works with god frame so we'll be checking that out so nate man you know how it is around christian hip-hop man there's always something happening right <laughs> i mean it just seems like that's just how, how it is in this space dude um yeah, it's kind of the music industry in general, uh, and CHH is no stranger to it. Yeah, man. So, and here's the thing. It's not even that it's just CHH. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's um, maybe adjacent or, you know, related in some way to it. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, one, one thing that, you know, really caught my eye um, recently that I wanted to talk with you about and get your opinion on was I saw a tweet from dj mike lv i mean i think most people know who mike lv is um you know dj you you, you know god always he's got the playlist on uh spotify um man works with kind of everybody man social club um he just did a track with our guy jimmy rock uh on the new uh k drama project as well so I mean, people, if you know CHH, you, you know Mike LV. And he made a tweet that he posted on March 27th. And I'm going to read this to you, Nate, and, and talk about it. So it starts off saying, yo, so I'm checking out all this music today. Some of you might end up on God always. Okay, so that's the first half of the tweet. Nothing, nothing crazy there, right? Actually, it sounds awesome, right? He's checking out the new music that dropped. Uh, looking to add more to his playlist, kind of like you. I'm gonna say though, man, he's got to catch up to you, bro. Come on, so, let's just be honest. You know, <laughs> like, come on, Michael, but you gotta step your game up. You wanna be on Nate's level, but um, anyway. So yeah, not 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 a bad start to this tweet. But then here's where it gets interesting, Nate. He says, "But ain't it funny how everyone wants me to listen to their music and get on the playlist?" Speaking of the God Always playlist. But nobody wants to retweet the actual playlist, question mark. Um, you know, I think this is something that's that's worth talking about, Nate. So you got uh, artists in this space and, and, you know, with all it's all respect. Uh, you know, I think if people know our hearts, they know that our goal is to come alongside indie artists, especially the newer ones. And, you know, just kind of pour into them what we can give them our little tidbits that we've picked up along the way. Um, but you know, artists, they, they want to be playlisted or, or in our case, you know, they also want to get posted on, uh, on the website. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then the thing that you do notice when you are the people behind those scenes of those things, you know, whether it is a website or a playlist or a radio show or whatever the case may be, um, you know, Mike LV is making a very real and true statement here uh, because you do see artists who rarely share and promote 
those said playlist or website postings. And yes. And I mean, that's, I don't know, Nate, like, what do you think about that? First of all, what do you think about, um, Michael V putting that out there and, you know, do you agree with them? And if you do, or I guess if you don't like, like why, like, what do you see? Right. I do agree, uh, with the, the tweet for the, for most instances and not saying there aren't artists out there that not support because there are definitely plenty of those, but it's also, uh, symptomatic. Um, you do see a lot of, not a lot, but you do see occasionally artists, um, on social media, uh, kind of, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't call it complaining, but, um, just venting about how they don't feel like they're being supported by, uh, different platforms or whoever. Um, but yet when stuff like this comes around where, you know, you get on a playlist, somebody is asking to see your, listen to your music, see if it's be able to be on their playlist. Everybody is always happy to drop their music in, share it with whoever's got the playlist or wanting to hear new music, but then don't show the support for the person that's trying to support them. So it can get a little frustrating. Um, and I, I've seen it a couple times, uh, in our, in my experience, but I, in general through the whole genre and the subspace, it is, it is a problem. Um, it's not, like I said, it's not a, a lot of artists out there that are doing that, but the ones that are usually are the ones that are the loudest and are seen the most that are not reciprocating the support they're looking for. Yeah, man. And you know, like here, here's the thing, man. Like I don't always agree with the things I see Michael V saying or tweeting or sharing on social media, whatever. Um, but I do, I do agree with him here. And here's the thing. Uh, if you're listening to this, do not take it as, oh man, the guys at 520 are, are bashing artists because we're not. That that's not it. Um, we we say these things and we tackle subjects like this because we want to see growth. We want to see the space thrive, right? I mean, I think that's the conversation. Is how can, right. how can Christian hip hop elevate, right? How how can how can we continue to grow and, and uh, have a bigger impact, uh, you know, on a larger scale? And making sure that we have good business practices is kind of a common theme that I hear in response to that. And this is just one of those things, right? If you are looking for uh, support, you better be willing to support others. You know, I mean, I think that is a fair and um, a fair approach to it, honestly. Uh, you know, because here's the thing, you know, we, I don't want it to come across as we are trying to get artists to help make 520 a bigger platform that that's not what it's about that's not it at all um however this is the thing i do know is that if 520 is able to grow whether it be on you know 520collect.com or if it's on the sauce playlist or the discord server or you know however else we put out content if we're able to reach a bigger audience then we're able to help put the music of these artists in front of more eyes and ears than we were before. Right. I mean, it's just a cause and effect thing. Um, and the same thing with, you know, any playlist curators like Mike LV, right? I mean, if you're sharing, you're making people making it where your audience knows that, Hey, this playlist is out here, go follow it. It's awesome. It's great. Um, and, and he grows that following, then the songs and the artists that he places on there, all of a sudden they reap those benefits of a larger exactly. demographic that is tuning in. So, you know, that, that's what it comes down to really guys is like, Hey, you know, let's support each other. You know, I think, um, one thing that's really cool talk with some of the conversations that I've had in like 
group chats and telegrams and different things is starting to see real relationships that are building right and, and it's man i want to support you not because of how it benefits me but because it's good for all of us right and, and that is encourages me that encourages but there's the, co- the, the the caveat of there's a reason why a tweet like this from Michael V still exists, though, because we're not there um, on a consistent basis. I don't know. I mean, do you- yeah, and 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 to go with that, you know, we're always willing to support anybody, and we do support. And it, for me, at least, I don't need to have that. Um, have I guess the reciprocation of the support to keep doing what I'm doing but it also makes it easier to support if you're you're working alongside the people that are trying to support you so um, definitely newer artists if you're trying to gain some traction out there is gotta you got to think about that as well, because um, if you're going to grow your fan base, like you were saying, those playlists that you're trying to get on, if you're not sharing those playlists, people aren't going to find your music. So it's kind of a catch-22 uh, if you're wanting to grow your brand. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, 100% um, in agreement with you there, Nate. Like, another thing is, is like, if you got especially when you got people who are willing to back you and support you and and do it for free you know i mean i don't want it to come down to to money at all but you know like i know speaking specifically for us we will post you on the playlist we will post you on the website and we're not looking for anything in return other than man just just share it you know, just let people know that we're out here and we exist. You know, we're not charging anyone for this. We, we do it because uh, we feel like this is the ministry that God has put in, in, in place for us, right? Like, um, and this is us trying to take the example of Jesus and, and you know, share it the best way we possibly can, you know, in with music that we love. Right. I mean, um, you know, I don't think when Jesus was making relationships, you know, throughout scripture, he he wasn't doing so because of what the people could do for him. However, I think he appreciated, you know, that the, the message of what he came to do was being shared. Right. Um, and so, I don't know. I think if, if we take those biblical examples and, and we just form strong relationships, man, like that's what it comes down to is forming strong relationships where it's mutually beneficial to everybody. Um, it goes a long way and it's going to create that unity that people talk about us missing. It's going to create the opportunity for this whole thing to grow and, and and man i'm talking to us as much as i'm talking to anybody you know we we can't expect 520 to prosper um and if yeah we're not, we, if we're not our platform yeah our platform's not going to grow just by sharing um artist music and or or just posting it to the website and hoping that somebody comes and looks at it so hundred percent. So guys, make sure you go out, find someone that you can connect with and, you know, just share what they have going on, share their content with your audience. Cause you don't know how it's going to come back to you. And typically it's going to come back in a good way. So that's our encouragement this month is that you guys run with that. And yeah, man. So our featured song for this month, uh, brought to you by show me Christ records, make sure you hit them up. Show me Christ records.com where they've got their own playlist that you can get on submit there and then they've got you know music by their artist jude they've got a lot of stuff in the worst nate i know go hit them up show me christ records.com and shout them out for 
sponsoring our featured song of the month. Guys, let's listen to this uh, new song, All Right, from Slotche Vaz. And make sure you stick around after the song. And when we come back, we have our industry insider interview. It is with Sketch the Journalist. So you want to make sure you stick around for this interview. But right now, sit back and enjoy All Right by Salache Vaz. Month's industry insider interview brought to you officially by bookkeeper247.com. What's good, and welcome to another industry insider interview here on the 520 Collective Podcast. As always, we are being sponsored by the bookkeeper247.com. Make sure you guys go and support bookkeeper247 as they are rolling out great Christian hip hop related content on a regular basis. Daryl and the team, man, they knock you out the park. Uh, they're some of the realest people that you're going to find in the space. So definitely, definitely go hit it up, support the bookkeeper247.com. And joining me right now on the Track Stars Podcast Network phone line. Um, man, he's kind of done a little bit of everything in this space. Um, one of, whenever you talk about an OG, this is an OG right here. Um, I've heard people say that he is Christian hip hop's historian, and I totally agree with that. So joining me on the phone line is Sketch the Journalist. What's going on, man? Howdy. Thanks for having me on. I didn't 
you said I've done a little bit of everything. I I, I want to say up front, I've never tried to rap or make beats. So that was one thing I knew, I knew early on. I did not have that skill set. So I defaulted to writing about people who did do it really well. And that's what kind of got me uh, foot in the door and took it to the scene. So. Yeah, man. Well, but here's, here's the thing, dude. Like one thing that I see a lot of, um, you know, right now, is, is you see these artists in the Christian hip hop space talking about we need more people behind the scenes, we need more outlets and and people writing about stuff and people reporting, and it's like, well, we we, we have them, you know, uh, and and you're a testament to that, right? Because uh, like, what, how how far back with Christian hip hop do you go? Oh, um, I'm definitely old school, so, and everything that I tell you will kind of reveal my age, but I got my first Christian rap tape in 1986, um, so it was Stephen Wiley's Bible Break, which is long held as one of the first kind of commercially available Christian hip-hop albums, so um, I was a believer at a young age, my parents were uh, believers, and they knew that I liked hip-hop, it was just the uh, music that was around me and my friends, and I remember going to a Christian bookstore and looking over the limited music selection and my mom picking out that that tape and it was a cassette tape and it was just a single so it had the song on one side and the instrument on the other and she bought it mainly because the cover art explicitly said christian rap and stephen wiley's on the front and like a tie holding a bible like it's very clear particularly you know at that time hip-hop was still kind of demonized and, and certainly christian world didn't really know what to do with it so uh, you wanted to make sure that it was safe and that that's that's really what this cover art told but um, i was sold on it I, I loved it and used it and played it for um quite a bit used it in in youth group and that sort of thing uh, i bought uh, it was bible break and uh rapping for jesus was the second one that he came out with um so that was 86 and then there's a little bit of time gap until I moved. So that was when I was in Memphis, Tennessee, and then I moved to Houston, Texas, and there was a, more Christian bookstores available. And I remember going through the, the bookstore shelves then, and I bought SFC's Phase 3 tape, based uh, strictly judging off the cover. So back in the day, you didn't have a lot of the previews. We didn't have the internet, YouTube, the samples, Apple Music, that kind of thing. So you had to like drive to a bookstore go find something that you wanted, hope that they might have a demo version, which was an open version of the cassette or CD that you could listen to and preview beforehand. Uh, but we didn't have that. So I bought this phase three off the strength of the cover because it used like a fish islands photograph. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so I picked that up and I really enjoyed it. And then I just started reading liner notes and like, okay, SSC, they shout out dynamic twins and they, um, talk about, uh, this other group or the Alliance of Light, which turned out to be gospel gangsters or or freedom of soul. So then next time I'm in the store, I'm looking to pick up those kind of titles because at least I feel like they're somewhat affiliated. Um, occasionally that would lead me in the wrong path, but more often than not, it was, it was great. So yeah, I've been in it since kind of the mid to late eighties. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, we had, um, our guy DJ B plus on the, podcast not too long ago and we had a similar conversation like we, me and him had those experiences too of going to the christian bookstore and you know checking out the demos and and you're right man it's like you looked at just the cover art and that kind of made you decide whether you wanted to try it or not right um and then you move into kind of that mid to late 90s and you got grape tree with their kind of no limit style covers and yeah i mean that that's what it was all about back then like it's crazy how much things have changed yeah it's a lot lot more accessible which i think is great for the purposes of the gospel and from just the business and music side that it's so much easier to find now uh some might complain that it's, it's too much and you get lost in the shuffle but uh just imagine back in the day having to talk to your parents and ask them to drive you to a bookstore and hope that they had a selection available that you might not be able to listen to. And then you're paying like full retail price for that stuff. So those tapes were like $15, $17, something now, uh, where, you know, folks today, if they're interested in something, they can hop on YouTube, they can hop on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, find tons of this stuff that gets recommended. Algorithms will feed them, they get visuals. Uh, they find websites like yours that help expose that artist much better. Um, it's definitely a good time as far as trying to find the music these days right man so late late 80s you you start kind of you know getting a feel for 
Christian hip hop. And then you end up going to Sam Houston State for um, journalism, correct? That is correct. Yeah. I, I just say, let, let's talk about that just a, a little bit. Like, man, like obviously you're interested in the journalism side of things. And then you got this love for hip hop. Was it just kind of a natural thing that you would eventually begin writing about this genre? Yeah, I think so. So I mentioned um, moving from Tennessee to Texas, and that was in one of the seventh grade. And that was the first time I had elective classes. Um, and when I was trying to choose those, my mom helped me. So as my, my pen name might indicate, sketch, um, of, I have an artistic side and I used to draw cartoons. So we got here to Texas and Houston and got to pick classes. And she said, why don't you pick newspaper? Maybe they'll publish some of your cartoons. So I started taking newspaper class in seventh grade, really just out of the hope that they would publish my cartoons, which they did. But I also learned how to write uh, kind of in uh, news and inver inverted pyramid um, style. Um, and so I stuck with it from seventh grade uh, to high school. In high school, I was on the newspaper staff and I did editorial cartooning, but I also wrote opinion pieces. And again, that's where I was getting more and more into Christian hip hop. Uh, didn't really write about it in, in high school, but in college, um, I did go and continue to pursue journalism. Same Houston State University is a good school for that. Dan Rather um, used to anchor the CBS Mountain News. He's uh, our, one of our biggest alumni from there, and he's from the journalism school. So, yes, I was on the newspaper staff in college and uh, getting, obviously, more... I love this music, and it was what I resonated with, and I did want to share it with people. So occasionally I wrote, I remember writing a review about grits and put it in the um, uh, the college paper. And then just to kind of through then you talked about like great trees growing bigger and they had like their own magazine that I subscribed to called Heaven's Hip Hop Magazine. And I would read that for critical reviews and in artist interviews. And um, I just one summer wrote a bunch of letters to artists that had like an unsigned hype kind of issue uh, that had guys like New Line and Rossi from Future Shock and some of those cats and um, they printed their physical addresses again this was kind of pre-internet and I wrote these people letters and I just said hey I'd love to learn more about your music would like to get it and um, I got in contact with some of those artists and then kind of through that newsletter I found out there was a guy in Houston named Slave who was producing his own newsletter called One Mind and it was a just a one sheet that he was printing uh, in his apartment um, but it covered Christian hip hop in, in, in a more local perspective of like what was going on in Houston. Because Houston had had and has had traditionally a pretty good scene uh, with a lot of artists. We had a, a public access television show that covered Christian hip hop, and we had a club that had a, a Christian club that had a, a gospel hip hop like night once a month that I would go to. Um, so I wrote this guy Slave, and I was like, "Hey, I'd love to be able to contribute to your newsletter." So. We connected at a cross movement new line concert and then I started writing reviews for him and kind of just built my portfolio from there. Wow. Wow. That's crazy, man. So, uh, you know, before we dive into kind of like just talking about CHH in general and that kind of stuff, because I definitely want to have that conversation because of your experience, but I am really interested. Um, you know, you were talking about the different styles when it comes to journalism, like how has that changed over the years, man? Cause now with the internet, I know the way that people approach writing articles, um, is completely different, but I mean, I didn't really get into it until, you know, the past like 10 years or so, um, as far as writing goes, like, what have you seen? Like, how, how has that changed? Yeah, I would say it feels like we we have, and this is just in a general sense, we have lost or are losing kind of the, the more in-depth um, journalism that requires a little bit more of research, investigation, or just longer profile pieces. And that's not necessarily good or bad, but our attention span is obviously a lot shorter these days. We look in, we're looking for shorter, quicker hits. Um, I've noticed, too, that with the advent of social media, like, I don't know that my role as a reporter was as important as it was years ago when some of these artists didn't have their own platforms uh, to be able to share their news. So they would look to me and to media outlets to help them share their story and reach an audience base that they couldn't on their own. But today, at least once you hit a certain level, maybe the media is not as necessary as it was before. Uh, so somebody, obviously like a Lecrae or any media stature, they can put out their own they can announce their own news through their Twitter feeds and Instagram feeds and that sort of thing. So they're not as reliant on us in the media to do that, where 
but obviously and i know you guys cover kind of independent artists they do still rely more on media to help them gain an audience and and bring exposure to the work that they're doing so um that's definitely where i so i guess two things is i see articles getting shorter just for the attention span of the reader and um two i guess maybe the the shift in focus once once some folks get to a certain level of notoriety they're not as dependent on media to help them share their story right right for sure and um you know you're talking about you know writing for you know getting connected with these guys with newsletters and stuff um talk about just some of the um some of the different publications and stuff that you have worked with as a journalist as a writer um in this christian hip-hop space because you've kind of been able to be a part of almost all the major you know real impactful you know outlets that we have in yeah, I well, I tried. I figured it was the talent that that guy had given me. He didn't give me the rapping or the beat making side, uh, or dancing side for sure. So um, I just wanted to contribute my my skill uh, in those areas. So I had mentioned start, you know, starting with this One Mind magazine or newsletter that became a magazine that we got printed. We went to events like Flavor Fest and kind of networked with artists. Uh, that OM95 became thesouth.com, which some folks may remember, kind of early internet. Um, oh, the, that the, the South message boards, man. The message boards. Yes. <laughs> they were legendary. So my friend Slave helped do that, and that's where I had some reviews published. Um, hip, uh, holyculture.com uh, was one of the early ones, too, that I contributed. But yeah, it's just as the internet was popping off, I was like, well, shoot, I, I'll just submit to a bunch of these places in my Again, kind of my main goal, the same way that doing early journalism was get my cartoons published. When I started writing about Christian hip hop, I thought, well, if I write reviews, maybe I'll get free music and I don't have to spend as much money on this stuff. And these artists will send me their music for free, um, which is less important these days. But um, so I wrote for SphereofHipHop.com, um, like I said, Holy Culture, the South.com, which became Jam the Hype, um, Rapzilla in its early days when Philip was starting it. Um, and that that kind of stuff led with the advent of social media. I got some uh, notoriety. I, then I started kind of my own blog with uh, Google, had a, a WordPress um, type of, of format that I could do my own reporting on. And I, I kind of modeled it after, after some indie Houston rap reporting from a secular side that I had seen. And I would just go to shows and meet people and take photos and conduct my own interviews and ask people if I could do that sort of thing. Um, so those all those opportunities and kind of bylines led to um, me pitching a couple of articles to the Houston Chronicle, our local newspaper and uh, media outlet. Um, I had seen that they had a religion reporter. Um, and uh, anyway, I've got a story about that. I, I, but So I went to Houston Chronicle, Relevant Magazine, uh, some other magazines in our space. Um, so, and, and this is not a pattern anybody should necessarily follow and things have changed. Nobody's success story is probably the same. But um, so I, one day I was on the Houston Chronicles website and I saw they had posted a, uh, like a slideshow article that said 10, 10 Houston rappers you didn't know were Muslim. And um, I was clicking through and one of them was Chameleonaire of the... Um, he worked with Paul Wall back in the day of Swisher House. And um, so I had worked previously with Trey Nine, who's well-known in Houston as a hip-hop missionary, and he did a whole lot of events. Um, we had interviewed Chameleonaire before, and he talked about one of his parents was Muslim, one was Christian. And so I found out who wrote that article, and I sent her a very polite email and just said, hey, I wonder where you got your information. You know, I've interviewed, I've seen interviews with him before. He talked about different members of his family and the faith. And that person wrote me back and said, oh, thanks for letting me know. Um, you know, I wasn't aware of that. And they, I think, again, my approach had something to, to do with that. But then, so once that person wrote me back, I was like, oh, I've got a name and a contact. It's Houston Chronicle who writes about faith and who knows about hip hop and even Houston hip hop and is kind of interested in it. So I just kept that in the back of my mind. And, and as I was doing more events with Train 9 and whatnot, I would pitch her stories that I thought might work well for the newspaper. Um, we were putting together, uh, we got invited to South by Southwest to um, do the first Christian hip hop stage there. Previous to that, we had done our own award shows in Houston and expanded it to Texas and had secular guys involved with those, um, Slick Rick and Sway and um, 
Little Kiki and, and those kind of folks. So those were stories I was like, okay, this is kind of a Houston angle. There's some secular bent to it. This lady might be interested in it. And she told me no several times, but then she told me yes on a couple of them. She's like, hey, do you mind if I put this in my blog? I said, yeah, go ahead. And she gave me full attribution. And um, after taking two or three of my stories, she offered me my own blog presence there and said, hey, we're starting up a network of uh, just religion bloggers and uh, you won't get paid for it, but it's good exposure for you and you've got the keys to the back end to publish whatever you like. So there was bloggers that were atheist or Muslim or uh, New Age and I happened to be like, you know, the Christian hip hop blogger. And I would write stories and then occasionally pitch them to her. Um, they got they were published on their website and then um, sometimes I would pitch them to her and she, when she put them into print, then I did get paid. So um, they had a faith section that came out on Thursdays and I wrote stories about um, Flavor Fist. My first one, I think, was about um, Raw Servant being on the reality show with uh, Omarosa that Donald Trump produced. Um, I wrote stories about Bundy, um, a secular rapper here in Houston that was teaching a hip-hop and religion class at Rice University, um, about Derek Webb, uh, a Christian folk singer who was interested in hip-hop uh, and love that kind of stuff. So it really expanded my reach, but that was just kind of an interesting story of how I kind of, I guess, broke into the the newspaper uh, secular media side um, was really just because I wrote a nice email c- complaining about an article that somebody wrote. And uh, then I knew I had a contact there that I could follow up with. So I guess really it's just about, a lot about networking, that, that stuff can be applied to any, any facet of life. Just go out and meet people, find out what they do, find out how you can help them, approach them and and kindness and sincerity and you never know what might happen so 100% for sure for sure and guys joining me again on the track stars podcast network phone line we are talking with sketch the journalist here on the 520 collective podcast so man like one guy that both of us have a relationship with is brinson and you know i like to think that brinson is one of the guys who is kind of like that bridge between the older generation of Christian hip-hop that maybe like you and I grew up with and and today's Christian hip-hop right um so you know it's really cool being able to pick his brain like I, I, I wonder like as you have watched the evolution of this genre like what kind of things have stood out and, and you know is there like you know people debate about you know what's the golden era of Christian rap in your opinion what would you say the golden area so it's kind of a two-parter there yeah I'll answer that one first so I think the golden era of hip-hop is the era that you first came into it is and I I feel like I've I've learned that from just talking to a lot of artists and, and fans one of my favorite questions and I had a bit of a series on my YouTube channel for a while asking like what was your introduction to hip-hop and I think in the same way, a lot of times we have a fondness for the music we listen to in our teenage years. And obviously that's when a, a time period when a lot of people discover Christian hip hop. But I feel like whenever you first find it and it really connects and it doesn't come off as cheesy, that's going to be your golden era. So it's going to vary for different people, but it's going to be aligned with kind of their faith walk and when they discovered this. And when a lot of times, even for artists too, it's like when they discovered they weren't the only ones trying to do this. Um, it's amazing how many artists you talk to and they were like, yeah, I didn't even know this thing existed until like I started trying to do it myself. And then I found out other people or I looked online and stuff. So uh, my personal favorite is going to be kind of the, um, I don't know, 90s to early 2000s. Um, I feel like there was a good mix of styles. Um, not everybody necessarily even got along, but you could go to your Christian bookstore and you could find Tunnel Rats and Cross Movement and Great Tree and all these kind of like different sounds, different theology, different stories in their backgrounds. Some of these guys were um, Christians who happened to rap. Some of them were uh, Christian rappers. Some of them were dudes that were just saved off the street and didn't know anything about theology, but just knew Jesus saved them and wanted to tell that story. And um, it was it was pretty awesome. So that's my it's personal um, favorite. But like I said, I think if you ask anybody, it's going to be really tied to when they maybe first became a believer or just first became aware of this music and felt like it had some legitimacy to it. So. Yeah, man. So what what do you feel has like really just changed 
um i mean obviously christian hip-hop just the amount of like artists in the space is is greater than probably it's ever been um the accessibility they're like how have you when you step back and just watch the evolution of this whole thing like what stands out to you yeah i think accessibility like you'd mentioned like just with the advent of social media it's so much easier to hear directly from the artists that you want to follow um, and it's so much easier for them to get feedback from fans and that's not even necessarily a good thing all the time like um, we know about kind of the way that fans have uh, critiqued some of these artists and the impact that it's had on them uh, I just started reading Lecrae's second book uh, Losing My Religion he talks uh, some about that kind of the backlash that he got um, within the last couple of years when he started speaking out about social issues that were affecting the black community and how he had been kind of pressured or shifted towards kind of this reformed theology camp because he was looking for father figures and affirmation and solid teaching. Uh, but then he realized some of those people didn't hold the same values that he did or he felt used oftentimes. So um, I think that accessibility, like the, into the music that we talked about earlier, you don't have to drive to a bookstore and hope that they have that selection on their shelf. So it's so much easier to find. It's easier to connect with the artist. I think that puts a lot of pressure on them in some ways um, as they're trying to build their fan base and their musicianship. They may be doing things that they may not have back in the day if they had not felt the pressure to um, post every day or you know keep the algorithms up so that they these social media sites like keep them engaged with their fan base and that sort of thing. Um, we don't have a lot of mystery in Christian hip hop. Um, the only one I can really think of off the top of my head is NF, and obviously some people would debate whether he's Christian or not, but he doesn't post a lot. He's very consistent with his imagery. I don't see him engage with his fans a ton. You don't even see his face appear on the social media sites that often, uh, but we've lost some of that mystery, which can, can add value from an artistic standpoint. Um, in, in following some of this music yeah man and when we look back at um like you said kind of the you know because you, you mentioned plato uh now known as crumb i mean that was that was where i the, the era that i really love you know we were talking about that before we got going um and you know when we go back to that time the big knock for christian rap it wasn't that people were saying oh well there's not skill you know people were they said the writing was good that the ability was there it was more like the production and the engineering side wasn't up to par and now i think we have um you know obviously pushed past that you know we, we, we've, we've taken care of those issues and then for a little bit it seemed like um we were kind of stuck in this whole trap and and, and you know these way this wave sound you know uh, for a while in chh I think what's got me excited right now is that we're starting to see just like this resurgence of a wide variety of sound. You know, we're getting the lyricist in here and they're, they're getting some um, getting noticed and stuff like what what has you excited about or, or if you were going to kind of predict the next few years for CHH, like what, what do you see happening? Yeah, that's. That's hard to do, but I, I, I'm like you. I'm, I'm excited to see that lyricism is still around and people appreciate it, whether it's come through the battle scene or just, I don't know, guys like Eshawn Burgundy and Bizzle. You know, Bizzle can do some very, like, kind of pop and sing-songy stuff, but Duke can rap, too, like, um, and, and have a lot in there. And I think I, I appreciate kind of even that mix that there's uh, – those guys know how to make some – some commercial sounding music, but they also know uh, kind of the purity and enjoyment of just good, good solid wordplay and, and packing a lot of information into uh, as few words as possible and using double and triple entendres. Um, so I hope that that continues. Um, I would love to see more um, Christian hip hop still continue to grow in its platform. There are not a lot of radio stations, and I know radio is not as powerful as it used to be back in the day, but. Um, here in Houston, we've been blessed to have an engine radio that plays this stuff over the air um, 24-7. So I can go out while I'm on a drive and turn on my car radio and listen to engine and hear KB and Wande and uh, those kind of folks. Um, so I, I would love to see more over the air radio stations. And I think we might see that as 
the hip hop generation or people that have grown up on hip hop continue to move into positions of power and are the gatekeepers. So now it's not unusual to have a 40 or 50 year old person that has experience and in, in exposure to hip hop and understands it and understands the consumer. So hopefully they'll be opening some of those pathways to uh, more, more folks to get exposure to it. Um, so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, obviously here at 520, we focus in on the independent artists. So, you know, guys that are maybe just starting out um, and, and there's a lot of finding your way and, and understanding how things work. Um, if you were going to pass on just like one solid nugget of advice to these young artists from you know, based on your experience and the years you've been involved with all this, like what would that piece be that you want to make sure that they understand and take with them? Yeah. Um, I think just from a, a business and music side, it's, it's the value of networking. I talked about that a little bit earlier and I don't think that ever goes out of style. It's obviously been hampered by COVID and us not having a lot of events or a lot of public spaces to go into and connect with other people. But, don't be afraid to just introduce yourself to serve others. So if it's an event and you, you, if you're performing and you see they need, you know, no one's picking up the chairs after the event, do that. Connect with people who are uh, some of the gatekeepers and those who put on these kind of shows who might be willing to do that. Connect with other artists and um, it, it's okay to have confidence, but you also need some humility um, and to know that you don't have it all figured out yet and that they might have tools and techniques and relationships that can benefit you down the line. So uh, be willing to, to give back and have a, a humble attitude about it all. Um, I, I know it's easy with as much technology and production equipment that we have to be able to do a lot of this stuff from our home and you can um, record your own, you know, music and albums and release them digitally and record your own videos and post them and like never really go out and kind of, meet your audience or meet your peers but i think there still holds a lot of value of that so once once we kind of get out of the COVID area i would encourage people to can you know don't lose sight of the, the value in that and that's things that you'll you'll hear outside of christian hip-hop and it's just good life skills is to know how to relate to people how to um talk to them introduce yourself find out what you can do for them what they ask them what they can do for you and be clear about that so i think that would be beneficial for their music careers um, and then just don't lose sight of kind of the the mission you know what are you really in this for is it just to be a, a famous rapper who's Christian if, if so just be clear about that as your goal if you're in it for ministry then consider that cost and, and the amount of time and effort that it might take on your family um, if you're looking for that it, it's easy to do this stuff um, with a super amount of, of fervor when you're young and, and single and that sort of thing but as you get married and have a family if you're still a believer those are things that you should still hold in great regard and want to spend time on it so that might mean you have less time to put into some of this craft so try to figure out how you can age gracefully in this Trey Nine um, is a good example that I mentioned to you that he was an artist and he eventually kind of just retired that he's a full-time hip-hop missionary he's still very involved in the scene uh, but he's more involved in putting in events and planting house churches and apartments and using artists to share the gospel that way um, or maybe you find a way to, to continue performing like Brenton who's fi always finding new ways to uh, kind of reinvent himself and, and stay on top of trends and but still be authentic to who he is um, so I think that that's a great way to kind of approach it too a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, like you kind of mentioned, man, you, you had a big year this past year. Definitely congrats on the, the wedding and all that stuff, you know, adding to the family, man. Um, what, are, what are we looking forward to um, coming up for Sketch the Journalist, man? Like, like what do you have that we can support? Yeah, I, I, I still write occasionally for my blog. Uh, you can find it at italktorappers.com. Um, but yeah, since I kind of had gone through a separation, divorce, and remarriage, I did take a backseat, and, and COVID is not as much. But so, um, not producing as much content these days. But I'm still here to support and to offer insight to folks. I, I occasionally write press releases for artists, or kind of just give them consultation about what I might see 
uh, moving forward. So you may not see as much public, but uh, I'm still around and hope to be going to events and, and photographing them soon. That's, that's been a passion that's kind of developed in addition to my uh, writing side was that I just found a need for just, uh, you know, good photography and just documentation of these events. I don't even hold myself out as a really good photographer, but if I go to enough events and take a camera and they've got decent lighting, I'll get some decent shots that other people may not have seen or may not have seen through my perspective. And I can share those on social media and like you guys do give exposure to a lot of indie artists who need kind of more people to see and hear their music. So I guess stay tuned to, to my social media channels. They're all at sketch the J. Um, if you don't want to spell out journalists, it's just sketch the J. Um, and that's where you can find, you know, kind of what's been going on in my world. All right, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. Sketch, man. Don't, don't be a stranger, you know, connect with us we'll, we'll look to get you back on the show in the future man I'm, I'm sure we'll have some more stuff we can chat about for sure for sure for sure but thank you again for jumping on here and guys we want to make sure we give a shout out to all of our episode sponsors here on the 520 collective podcast including the bookkeeper 247.com for helping us make this industry insider interview possible uh thank you for listening and we will catch you guys next month <laughs>